Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Now a second scripture lesson from the, old, from the gospel of John, John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The wedding. The wedding is always a big day, but this wedding, the wedding in Cana of Galilee, is, a, is an especially big day because... According to the Gospel of John, this was the first of his signs revealing his glory. This is a major step in his journey. Since Christmas Eve, we've been watching, following Jesus as he grows, learning about his, his life. We were there when his birth was announced. We were there when he was just a baby in a manger with the shepherds, and then the, the Magi brought him gifts. Then he was a child who nearly got left behind in Jerusalem for wanting to sit at the feet of the teachers in the temple. And just last week, he was baptized in the Jordan River by John the Baptist. These major events in the Savior's life don't come to us from any single account. As you well know, instead of one comprehensive biography of Jesus, the ancients instead passed down to us four different Gospels. Each of these Gospels is different, but that doesn't mean that they are not true. I remember so well this illustration from one of Dr. Jim Speed's books, The Apostles' Creed, Fresh Water from an Ancient Spring. If you'd like a copy of the book, I can get you one. This church, uh, this church gave me a copy of this book when I graduated from high school. It's signed by the author and everything. I read it the following summer, and I remember still how well Dr. Jim Speed talked about the differences between the four Gospels. 
He said that they do not tell exactly the same story. The details of each gospel are just a little bit different. There are shepherds in Luke, but there are magi in Matthew. How do we tell who got the story right? Well, they all did, but they're different. And that just means that they're telling the truth. For if four boys sneak out of their beds in the middle of the night to throw all the pool furniture into the neighborhood pool, just to give a hypothetical example, they'll get together and they will decide on their alibi. And because they're all, they're young, that they will, they'll think, now all our stories much match exactly up, not realizing that it's when four boys tell the exact same story that it reveals their guilt and not their innocence. So, the Gospel of John doesn't even have a Christmas story like Luke or Matthew do. There are no wise men, there are no shepherds. Look it up, it's not in there. The way John tells it, first there's John the Baptist who meets Jesus when he's baptized. After that, Jesus calls a few disciples and invites them to come with him to a wedding in Cana of Galilee. This is how we get to today's second scripture lesson. Have you ever wondered why the family didn't have enough wine at their daughter's wedding? Well, they probably had plenty. They just hadn't expected their neighbor Jesus to bring his new friends with him. <laughs> I can imagine the mother of the bride whispering to somebody when they all walked in. Uh, the invitation said plus one, not plus twelve. There they all were. A group of young men doing things that young men do. Likely, Jesus was doing something a little more holy than the rest of his disciples. That's how Jesus always was. But then the wine gave out. That's what happened. It was sure to happen. It was sure to happen, not only because someone brought a bunch of extra people with him, but because something always happens. Every wedding needs a miracle because something at every wedding goes wrong. Do you remember? The first wedding I officiated was in Florence, South Carolina. I was so excited to officiate at my friend's wedding. I was so excited that I forgot to pack my robe or my suit. <laughs> they were both laying out on the bed. I took them out of my closet but never packed them into the car. I remember it like it was yesterday. Do you remember? Do you remember what happened at your wedding? Every wedding needs a miracle because every wedding is planned by an uh, imperfect group of people. Every wedding is the joining together of two imperfect human beings. They, they make these promises to each other. They make these big promises. But if you were to summarize all the vows that these two make to each other at the wedding, the preacher might just have them say, he's not perfect, neither are you. Will you stick together anyway? Every wedding needs a miracle. Every marriage needs a miracle. Every person needs a miracle. But not every person is willing to admit it. It's true. We've been watching Women of the Movement on ABC. Have you seen that show? The episode that's airing now is about 
Mamie Till Mobley, Emmett Till's mother. It's not an easy show to watch. It's easier to believe that it wasn't as bad as it actually was. Last Monday, we were watching it all unfold. Emmett was raised up north, so when he spends a couple weeks in Mississippi, he suffers from culture shock. His, his mind can't wrap itself around the reality of the place. When his cousins tell him to keep his eyes down and say, yes, sir, and no, ma'am, to, to step off the sidewalk and let white folks pass, he, he does it, but he doesn't understand Jim Crow era Mississippi. He can't comprehend it. So when all the local boys call him Chicago and dare him, to go ask a white store clerk out on a date, he doesn't. And when she goes to her car to get a gun, they all run and won't tell anyone about it. It's in this moment when Sarah said to our children, I wish they would have just told somebody, why didn't they tell someone? They could have gotten him out of there. But it's because they are like all boys. They're scared to get into trouble. They won't ask for help. They make up stories or keep secrets. They're like every single person that I know. But one of the hardest things in the whole world is to say it out loud. I made a mistake. I need some help. I have a problem. We are out of wine. The question is not whether you need a miracle. The question is, have you told Jesus about it? Have you done this nearly impossible thing? Have you admitted to yourself that something's wrong and have you mustered up the courage to ask for help? In the end, the story of Mamie Till Mobley is so inspiring because this one woman who is willing to stand up and talk about the brokenness of a nation did something to heal it. On the other hand, if uh, the whole guest list of a wedding feast is scared to say something, nothing ever changes, nothing ever gets better. Yet every wedding needs a miracle. Every person needs a miracle. But have you told Jesus about it? Back during the Great Recession, I was the pastor at a church in Lilburn, the church was hit so hard financially that we feared it would close. Instead, we ended the year with a 25% budget surplus. People have asked me from time to time, Joe, how did you do that? I've tried to come up with a good answer, so I told one group, well, I'm a financial genius. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not true. What is true? is that I stood up before a congregation and from the pulpit I said to this whole church, something is wrong. We are in trouble. We need a miracle. Will you help me? Don't you know that every wedding needs a miracle and the miracle worker is never far away, never so far away that he can't hear us when we cry out. 
The wood around our stained glass window is rotting out. The stained glass window in the Great Hall, have you heard that? Maybe you heard about it, but just in whispers, because only a few people even know, not too many. Those who do know, we were all wringing our hands about it. Where will the money come from? What are we going to do? My friends, two couples heard our whisper, and the whole project is paid for. Can you believe that? You need to. Because every wedding needs a miracle. Every marriage needs a miracle. Every person needs a miracle. But have you told Jesus? Mary went to her son and she said to him, They have no more wine. And the author of the Gospel of John left out how she also said, And it's because of those drunk fishermen you brought that we ran out of wine. Did you know that she said that? <laughs> well, she did. And then Jesus said, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. This is where it really gets good because Jesus, thinking about how it's not the right time for this miracle which will reveal his divinity, uh, just gets ignored completely by his mother who says to the servant standing there, do whatever he, he tells you because she knows that even Jesus sometimes needs a little nudge. He told the servants to fill up the purification jars and they filled them up to the brim. Now draw some out, he said. The opposite of this story is what happened in the Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve needed a miracle. They needed forgiveness. Instead, they hide. Do you know anyone who hides? Anyone who got COVID-19 will tell you that the worst part is calling your friends. No one wants to do that. No one wants to come out and say it. So instead we hide. What are you hiding? Every wedding needs a miracle. So don't let shame confine you to the shadow. Every one of us here needs a miracle, so don't let fear hold you back. From the Old Testament, we read, For Zion's sake, do not keep silent. Call on the Lord for help until vindication shines out like the dawn and salvation like a burning torch. Yesterday, I heard about a, a lady who was walking through the Kroger supermarket with her shoe untied. Only then, a lady who works there named Miss Philomena came over to, to tie it. Remember that. Don't hide the emptiness. Everyone gets so tired of pretending that they are full when they're running on empty. Instead, let him know, for the Lord delights in you. He's at the wedding with you. It might be his friend's fault that the wine is gone, so don't hide what's broken from the miracle worker. Every wedding needs a miracle. Every marriage needs a miracle. Every person needs a miracle. And when we let the Savior know that the wine has run out, 
It will be replaced with one that's even better. Hallelujah. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.